Well, over the next uh, six weeks or so, we're going to be looking at uh, uh, this uh, uh, principle that Jesus brings out. And Jesus is not the only one that brings it out, but throughout the Bible, uh, God keeps bringing us back to this um, because the gospel deals with this. And, and the focus of the gospel, the focus of the purpose of everything Jesus does is not just to make us look good, right? Um, uh, but it is to really uh, deal with the issues that are happening within us. And, and that is the problem. Uh, but we're going to be uh, calling this, You're Not the Boss of Me. And this, this is taken from a series that I've been studying with Andy Stanley. And so we give credit there, but it's straight from the Word of God. So, um, but it, it is something that I, I believe that, that God can really deal with all of us in that. Because when we think about this, you're not the boss of me. Have we ever heard that said? Uh, we have said it probably ourselves sometimes. And kids love to say that, right? Uh, to, to everyone around them, you're not the boss of me. And, you know, no one likes having someone tell them what to do. I think that is a natural thing that none of us want someone to tell us what to do. In fact, from the very beginning, one of the very first words, it may not be the first word we said, but it's the first word we used in, in a very meaningful way, and that is no. When we are told no, okay, I want to do what I want to do. That is the nature of our problem, okay? We're going we're gonna to deal with this, that this is the nature of our problem because we don't want anyone to be the boss of me. But there's a problem with that. We're going to talk about this. You see, especially us in America, um, it is the American dream uh, to have autonomy. And we use that word. We don't usually word have use the word autonomy. What we say we want is I want to be free. I want freedom, but when we think of freedom, what we're really wanting is autonomy. Because you see, what is autonomy? Autonomy is being able to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, and have enough money to afford to do it, and being able to get out of trouble when I got, get caught doing it. Right? That's what we really want. That is what we think is freedom. We think freedom is being able to do whatever I want to do, when I want to do it, and being able to afford doing it and not get in trouble when I do it. And yet that's not freedom. That is autonomy, but autonomy is something that is truly not attainable. Um, it really isn't. Um, it, we think... That if we could just have this, if we didn't have any bosses over us, if we could, I want to be the boss of me. We think that if I could make all my own choices, that you know what, I can make my life pretty good. Don't we think that? That would be the great life. I, you know, I would make the right choices for me because I know what I like, I know what I need. And if, usually it's not because I can't make the right choices, it's just because I don't have the, the right resources to do it. If you would let me do what I want, and if I had the ability to, then, then I could make my life good. And that's what we think. And that is the deception that we're going to follow. Because we think that we would make the right decisions. There's just something in us that if I can do, that 
make the right decisions for me. Um, now, here's the problem. All we have to do is look around, and we see people that have the ability to do whatever they want. Don't we hate that? We see these people. They have money. They have power. Uh, they have influence. They get to do whatever they want to do. And we look at them and say, man, if that was me. But always, when you look at them, all of a sudden, you will see that they ruined their life. You know, you look at these famous people, even like you, know, you think recently, um, uh, Jeff Bezos, the head of, of uh, uh, Amazon, had everything, but his family has fallen apart. He's been divorced now. His wife has taken half of everything. And you're like, why would you blow it? You had everything. Why can't you just, if, and, and after the first, our first response, I know a lot of times is this, yes. I know, we don't like to think about it, but don't we always think that? When we see someone big and powerful blow it and they lose it, kind of that, there's that, we don't like to talk about it a lot, but in, inside us we're like, yes. You know, we like to see people fall. Um, but once we say, hey, whoa, 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 I'm not, I don't, I shouldn't think that way. But then the next thing we think is, well, that wouldn't be me. Don't we say that? Not me. I wouldn't do that. If I had money, I wouldn't fall into that. We say that all the time. You know, people tell us all the time, you know, rich people even say, you know what, it does not bring happiness. And yet, what's the thing you mind? Well, with me. Right? Not for me. I would be different. I would be different. We think that. And, and, and I, I don't know how we cannot get that out of our mind. I would make better choices. I would do things to protect my autonomy. I finally get autonomy and yet I would do better things. And yet, here's the problem. The problem is you. The problem is your choices. The problem of all those people, like Howard Hughes, the richest man uh, before, and yet he died homeless and wandering and depressed because the problem was him. The problem with all of us is us. If we become the boss of us, it's the worst thing for you because you are the problem. And so here's a little poem that Andy Stanley wrote, and I like this. We'll, we'll uh, uh, enter our, our principle on this. Here's, here's his poem that Andy Stanley writes. Our need of supervision may someday come to an end, but only if we silent the voices that come from within. See, here's the problem. We think, I would make it. And, and maybe, maybe you could make problems, but here's what you would have to do. You would make better choices as long as you didn't listen to you. And, and here's the negative, the negative way. Um, you will never... Get out of supervision. It will never come to an end if you do not silence the toxic voices that come from within. Until we deal with us, we will always have to have supervision. If you ever want to find true freedom, then you've got to begin to push down 
take control and deal with the voices that come within you. You see, because the problem is not that we don't take advice. The problem is we take advice from ourselves. And the advice, the advice that we take from ourselves, here's the problem. It is always distorted by the emotions that live within us. And your emotions, your filters that have been built up because of all the things that are in you, they distort reality. What you think you really want, I'm going to tell you, your thinking is distorted by sin, by a brokenness that's within you that you don't even realize it. And so when we are driven by these emotions, okay, and these emotions um, always control us, they distort the choice that we make, and we will always make the wrong choices. And so if you want to experience freedom, not autonomy, but freedom, then you need a boss. We need a better boss over us. We need to, to, to say, you're not the boss. Be not to others, but to ourselves. So when we talk about you're not the boss of me, what you thought we were going to talk about is not other people. It's about us. It is about saying that to ourselves. You are not going to be the boss of me. You see, this is the principle uh, that Jesus wants us to know. Now, we have learned to modify our behavior to get things that we want. Because we do know that I can't get whatever I want, right? When I want it, I don't have the resources to pay for it. So I've learned to act in a certain way that sometimes is not what I want to do, but I will modify my behavior to get things that I want. So in other words, to get a job, I have to act a certain way. I have to dress a certain way. Um, to get a, a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, yes, you are going to have to change some of your actions, right? Um, uh, and, and so we've learned to modify our behavior. But the problem is Jesus says modifying your behavior does not change who truly is controlling you. Because the problem is not on our actions, but it is what is causing our actions. It is what is coming from within. And so Jesus says the answer to this is not getting rid of the bosses in your life that tell you what to do. The answer is finding the right boss that will allow you to experience all the things that you really want in your life. Because Jesus knows what you really want. And if you will get the right boss, if you will find the right boss on the inside, then you won't have to worry about modifying your behavior, monitoring. In fact, Jesus wants us to monitor what we're doing. But he wants us to go deeper. He's saying, you need to monitor not what you do, but what's causing you to do that. Why are you doing that? That's what we need to start to monitor and to modify. Instead of going through rituals that kind of make up for things, Jesus says, if you will modify who is controlling you from within, then you can live a life 
that I'm telling you, you will be more satisfied with. You will find greater purpose and accomplishment and a sense of, of meaning when you find the right boss and you are willing to give him control. And we know that that right boss is Jesus. It is God himself who made us, who created us for great things. When we begin to let him come in and be the boss of us, then we can say to ourselves, you're not the boss of me because I have a better boss. And when you have a better boss, I'm telling you, there are greater rewards. So let's get into this adventure um, that Jesus is going to bring us on. And it is starting in Matthew chapter 15. And today we're just going to look at this principle. And then over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the bosses that are within us. And many of you, there is one particular thing that might really control you. That you may not even realize that it's controlling you. An emotion that is there. Whether it is anger. Whether it is envy. Whether it is greed. Uh, whether it is fear. Many times we, we might think, I don't, I'm not angry. But yet that anger shows up in ways that you don't realize that you're doing that. Because there's something in you that you have not dealt with. And it has become the boss of you. And Jesus wants you to turn to those things, those emotions, and say, you're not going to be the boss of me anymore. And when we get to that point, I believe that God can set some of us free in here. That God is going to set us free from the things that are leading us down a path of destruction, a path of regret, a path that we're going to look back and we're going to say, I've been in control. And then you're going to look back and you're going to say, I did what? Why did I do that? Have you ever done that before? And other people are going to say, you did what? Why did you do that? And later on, you're going to say, why did I do that? Oh, my God. I look at where I'm at, and this is not where I wanted to be. We need to take care of that before we do it. God does not want us to look back and say, I wish I hadn't done that. God wants us to begin to say, you're not going to be the boss of me, and I'm going to find my uh, pleasure in the future. Matthew chapter 15. Let's start in verse 1. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they came up to Jesus from Jerusalem. Okay, so uh, Jesus is walking with all of his disciples, and they've been doing lots of stuff. And so all of a sudden, these, these leaders from Jerusalem are getting wind of this, that there's this guy who's kind of messing things up. He's stirring the pot. Um, he, he's kind of making people go away from what they've been teaching them. And they're like, hey, wait, wait, wait a second. We're the, we're the leaders. We're the bosses of the people. And, and what's going on here? So you know that they're coming up to, to try and set him up or, or to, to you know, put things straight. And they said to Jesus, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hands when they eat. How dare they not wash their hands when they eat? Now we might say, uh, yeah, make them wash their hands. But that's not the issue. Now don't get caught in that. Um, he's not talking about just sanitary washing their hands. He is talking about why do they not go through this ritual that the Pharisees and the, the religious leaders had built up that you need to do this uh, before you wash your hands 
For you are just not holy. You are messing it up. Now, there's a key word here. Jesus was not breaking the scriptures. His disciples did not break the scriptures. What did it say? They were upset because they are breaking the tradition of the elders. Now, what is this tradition of the elders? Uh, what had happened is over the years, ever since uh, the law had been given to Moses, the leaders had begun to build up rules um, and things in addition to this, that, that we, we want to be so careful that we follow all the rules that let's put some barriers, some cushion, right? So that that will, that will kind of keep us from breaking a rule. Okay, it's kind of like a warning track in baseball. When you get, you're not at the fence yet, but when you hit the warning track, that knows, you know you're getting close. So it helps you, keeps you from hitting the fence. Um, and, and so they have set up, the, but eventually these warning tracks have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, these rules that they had set up so that they don't do something wrong had become bigger than the original rules themselves. So God had told them you know, not to eat certain things, and there were certain dietary rules that they were to follow. Jesus was not going against that right now. He was not. In fact, Jesus followed all the dietary rules that, that was in the law. Um, but they had set up all these. So in case you accidentally ate something you shouldn't, if you go through this ritual of washing your hands, it will remind you and keep you clean so that you don't accidentally do something that actually does break the rule. So these were not the laws that God had given, but they were things that man, had, there was modifying their behavior, thinking that if we'll do these rituals on the outside, then we're good on everything else. Right? So that's what they were upset, that you're not following the outward rules. You're not looking good. You're not doing the things that we want you to do on the outside. Why are your disciples breaking the traditions of men the way that we do it? Okay, so this is what they were upset at. Um, in other words, there are these things that they had set up that, that control us. That you need to follow these things and let these, these expectations and the way that we do it, they are the controlling factors. But Jesus, in verse 3, says, he answered them and he said to them, but why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Now they said, why are you breaking our traditions? And Jesus said, well, why are you breaking the commandment of God? A big difference for the sake of your tradition. And he says, for God commanded for you to honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles the father or mother must surely die. But you have come up with this rule saying, if anyone tells his father or mother what you would have gained from me, I have given to God. In other words, said, I cannot honor you because the things that I would honor you with, I've decided to honor God and God is more important than you. And so in my tradition, my tradition of what I'm giving to God is more important than doing what God told me and honoring you. And so for the sake of tradition, of outward looking good, of this 
this, this behavior modification, they were actually breaking the law itself. See, they said, he need not honor his father for the sake of your tradition. You have made void the word of God. You see, when we begin to just do what is good on the outside, you know, I'll just follow these little rules and then I'm okay, then I can do what I want, right? I'll come to church. I'll go through the motion. I'll, I'll do the things that they want and then I'm covered. You see, when we do that, we make God very small. Because, see, then it's, it's about us rather than God. And he says, you actually make void the word of God. You make God look like he's petty. You make God look like he wants you to do all these little things, like he's just this person who wants you to act a certain way. What a petty God that he's more concerned with our action than anything else. And Jesus says, that is not what defiles a man. In fact, he says, you are hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, and they teach as doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus said, you act like you love me and you do all these things, but your heart is far from me. You are hypocrites because God is not about rituals. God is not about going through the motion and just checking these boxes. He says, here's the problem. Your heart is far from me. Catch that. Because this is where we're going to find that this is the key. Your heart is far from me. They did everything good. They didn't do anything wrong. They wouldn't even touch something that was, that was unholy. You know, we have the story of the Good Samaritan where there was this man bleeding and dying dirty. And they would walk on the other side because, you know, how dare they become un, uh, unclean before they go and serve God. And yet they were so focused on doing what was right that they missed the very heart of God. And yet we can become the same way. And many times we do it the opposite way. Maybe we're not religious like that, but sometimes we get so focused, well, God's a God of love, and so God just loves me, and so I can do whatever I want, and I'm just going to believe in God's love, and, and I can just go out and live my life, and I've, I've believed in Jesus. You have, again, you have missed the heart of God. Because again, the heart of God and his love is not for you to go out and just live a wild, unholy life. That is not the love of God either. So we can miss the mark on either side. We become hypocrites when we say, I don't need to go to church. What is church? You know, don't tell me I have to go to church. I can live my life. I still believe in Jesus. You have missed the heart of God. Just as much as the person who comes to church every week and looks down on people who don't. You can become legalistic or you can become very liberty. And both sides misses the heart of God. Jesus says it's not about the rituals or the lack of rituals. It's about the heart. So Jesus, he did this. He said, he called the people. He said, let me set this straight. He called the people to him and he said to them, hear this and understand. 
It is not what goes in your mouth that defiles a person. Now, he's using this as an example, the eating and washing your hands before uh, you eat. But it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. So he's saying it is not following all the rules. What's more important is what's going on inside that then comes out of your mouth. But he's not just talking about words, but he's talking about out of your life. Uh, what comes out of your life, not just the individual actions, but the overall direction of your life, how you treat people, what you're doing, what's your motiva motivations. This is the problem with your life. Then the disciples said to them, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard you saying this? You know that you upset them. Um, you, you basically told them that they are no longer the boss of these people. And that upset them. And he says to them, every plant that my heavenly father did not plant, it will be rooted up. So let them alone. In other words, don't follow them. Don't listen to them. For they are blind guides. And if the blind leads the blind, they will both fall into a pit. In other words, he's saying they are so focused on the wrong bosses. And if they're following the wrong bosses in their life, they're like these puppets. And they're making you into puppets. And so you're trying to please everyone. You're trying to please the right things, even in yourself. Even when you're trying to live for your own pleasure, you're trying to please yourself. You are following the wrong bosses. And when the wrong bosses follow other bosses and lead other people to the wrong bosses, you're all going to fall into a pit. You're all going to end up in a life that is messed up and it is full of stress and it is full of, of uh, uh, unjointed mess and problems in everything that you do. So he says, so Peter says, then tell us, explain this parable to us. And Jesus says to him, are you still without understanding? Peter, you still can't see it. You can't think for yourself. And we're all this way because it is distorted by what we think is within us. And he says, do you not see that whatever goes into your mouth, it passes into the stomach and it's expelled? In other words, what you eat or those rituals that you do, once you've done it, what has it done? You know, uh, what is the purpose of that? It comes and it goes and it's over with. But he says, what comes out of the mouth, what you do, what you say, this comes from your heart. And this is what defiles a person. Not the individual things that you do or don't do, but it's what is living in your heart. Because what's in your heart is not a one-time thing. What's in your heart, it has taken root in there. It is growing in there. And it's like mold in that container in the back of your refrigerator that you don't want to take out because it's been in there so long and now you don't want to open the lid and even clean it out because it's going to smell. And so you kind of just ignore it, right? Have you ever done that? Or are we the only ones? We wait until we just desperately have to touch it. It's the same thing in your heart. You've been going through the rituals thinking you're okay, but you've been ignoring what is living in there. 
And Jesus says it's not going through those motions and not doing what you should do and doing what you shouldn't is not what defiles you. What defiles you is what you're letting to live in your heart and what is growing in there. Because look what it says, for out of the heart, out of the heart comes evil thoughts, comes murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander, all of these things. You say, I'm not any of that. Jesus says, oh, it's in your heart. Because before you ever do that, it was already in there. It starts as a thought. It starts as a desire. You know, Jesus said, you know, when they say don't murder, I tell you, don't even be angry with your brother. Because it's the same thing. It's the same cancer. It's just smaller. It hasn't grown into murder, but it's the same cancer. And if you let it go, it's going to be that way. You might say sexual immorality. I'm not going to, you know, cheat on my wife or I'm not going to do those things. Oh, but that desire for pleasure, that's where it starts. And it's in your heart. And if you ignore it, it's just going to grow more mold and more mold. And pretty soon it's going to get out of that lid. And it's going to show up. It's the same thing we already said. You know, have you ever said something and, and or done something? It's like, oh, that's not me. I'm sorry. That is not, that's just not me. That was, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. I'll tell you why I did it. Because it is you. It's in you. You've just learned how to keep the lid on it and modify your behavior most of the time. But I'm telling you, it's in you. And so Jesus says, it's these evil thoughts. All of these things are in your heart. And he says, these are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Now, he's not saying not to wash your hands. Because what he's saying is, if you take care of your heart and the motivation is there, well, then you might, well, you're going to wash your hands anyway. Then you can go through. The only reason you go through the ritual is when a right heart says, I'm doing it for the right reason. So people that say, I don't need to come to church. I don't need to gather with it. I can be a Christian without it. That's true. But when you get your heart right, I'm going to tell you, a right heart would want to be in church. So it's not, no, you're right. You don't have to come to church to be a Christian. But a true lover of Christ will be drawn and, and motivated to be with the body of Christ. So you cannot escape that. You see, this is why I say the heart of what Jesus is saying is not about coming or not coming. It's about having the right heart. And when you have the right heart, it is the heart of God that brings us into the life that God has for us. So this is what we're going to talk about. These things that come within our heart, they are what are controlling us. They are being the boss of us. These evil thoughts are controlling us whether you think they are or not. The reason you want to go party with your friends is because there's something within you that is driving you. There's something missing that you want to be part of, whether it's in me. Well, I want to be accepted. I want to be with everyone else. You need to ask yourself, why do you want to do that? What is controlling you? Who is the boss of you? Now, many of us say, well, you know, um, those things that I think are not controlling me, right? Though there's thoughts, and I know they come in my, my mind, but I don't act on them. So therefore, they don't control me. Um, here's what Romans says. Romans 6, 16 says, Do you not know 
that if you present yourself to anything as obedient slaves, you are a slave of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves to sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you are committed. And you have been set free from sin, having become slaves of righteousness. In other words, he says, don't, you, don't think that you're not a slave, because if you walk in sin, when you give in to those things, even if you say, it's just a one-time thing, I'm not, I'm not controlled by it, I can stop any time, I'm just doing this one thing. He says, oh, no, 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 anytime you do it, you're not realizing that you are making yourself a slave to whatever you follow. If you think you're following your friends, just have a good time, but that's not you. You're not like your friends. You're deceiving yourself. Because if you're going to do that with them, you are giving yourself as a slave to the things that are within you. When you treat people that way, they become that, that thought, that thing in your heart becomes the boss of you. And Jesus says, if you will come to God, you will be set free, but not because you don't have a boss, but because you have become a slave to righteousness. When you become a slave to God, when you say, God, I'm going to make you my boss, it says that God sets you free. Then the right boss gives you freedom and life and joy. Psalms 32 says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. This is what God says. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. God says, if you'll make me your boss, rather than the things that are in your heart, I will teach you and I'll show you the way. Look at this. And be not like a horse or mule without understanding, which must be curved with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. God is saying, I will, if you let me be the boss, I'll teach you to do it yourself. Otherwise, your other bosses, they're going to be like, like someone who puts a bridle on you. You will be controlled by them. You'll be like a horse that is, that is by a bridled and is controlled. But if you let me be the boss, I want to simply teach you so that you will do what's right. He doesn't want us to be a horse or a donkey that has to be tied up and led and forced to do what God says. Let me be the boss and I will set you free. In Ezekiel, this is what God promises. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. From all your idols, I will cleanse you. In other words, I will, I will defeat all the bosses in your life. Have you felt like you just haven't been there? I want to be free from these things in my heart. I don't want to, to follow the world. But I just keep giving in. I can't break it. You ever feel that? Let's be honest. We all feel that way. God says, I know that, and I will cleanse you from every idol. I will break the chain because I'm a stronger boss than all those other bosses, and I can set you free. I will cleanse you. And in fact, look what it says. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a new heart Flesh. Jesus, can I be the boss of you? If you will let me be the boss of you, 
And see, for some of us, that's hard. Letting Jesus be the boss of you. Not something you just believe in, but being the boss of you. But he says, if you do, I become the boss who gives you a new heart. A heart that is free from the things that lead to all this slavery of dissatisfaction, of frustration. It all comes from God. And finally, Jesus himself in Matthew says this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What he's saying is, come to me and let me be the boss of you because your bosses, the things that you are making boss of you, even though you don't think that they're the boss of you, I'm telling you, they're making you work harder than you ever knew to. Your life is full of drudgery, dissatisfaction, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you have the wrong boss in your life. If you will come to me and truly let me be the boss, I will give you rest. He says, I will give you rest. He says this, take my yoke upon you. In other words, make me the boss. A yoke is something that controls us. Let me control you. If you'll take my yoke, let me be the boss of you. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. doesn't mean life might be hard. We're going to go through hard things in life, but your soul will be at rest. Because the boss that you have in Jesus is going to lead you through all the hardships of life in a way that gives you purpose, meaning, and satisfaction. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So as we enter this series, I want us just to say, first of all, Who's the boss of you? Do you realize, like Jesus says, that your true boss, even though you didn't know it, is coming from within your heart? And the boss that's in your heart is not a good boss. You do not make the best choices. We need a new boss. We need to turn to our heart and say, I am not going to let you be the boss of me. And when we begin... To say, Jesus, I'm going to take your yoke. He will come and give us rest. And I think that's what we need. So today, we need to say, heart, you're not the boss of me. And whatever area of that heart, we're going to look at this over the next six weeks, and, and maybe one of these weeks we will hit on the one that you will finally say, yes, I've struggled with that. We're going to be able to say you're not the boss of me. And Jesus is going to be able to take that old heart out and give you a new heart. And you are going to find finally the real meaning of life. And you're going to finally experience this is what life was meant to be. But not because I can do whatever I want. Not because I don't have any boss. But because I finally found the right boss. I finally found the right person to control me. And it's not me. And as we do that, Jesus will give us rest. That's about our hearts.